are about to listen to Where Your Treasure Is, the podcast where faith and finance meet. Please note that the views expressed are our own and in no way represent any form of financial advice. And remember, investments can go down as well as up. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to Where Your Treasure Is. This season, we have been exploring how to have conversations about money. And we have loved being on this journey of looking at things that can set us up really well for those conversations, but also why it matters that we have conversations about money. And as we've been going through this season, I've almost heard some of you shouting at your devices and saying, that is fine, but actually I've got this barrier or how on earth do I overcome this particular problem? And so we thought for the last episode of this season, we would take the time to talk about five common stumbling blocks to great conversations about money and more importantly, how we can begin to overcome them. So Simon, how are you feeling about this conversation today? Well, we are now well-practiced Becks are having conversations about money, so I'm feeling well up for it. Our job is to try and pass on some of our hard-earned experience around how to start the process because... It is not easy. Money is a tough topic at the best of times. When you add money and faith together, we're adding challenge on top of challenge. But that's what we're going to do today in our final episode of this season. Not lay down the gauntlet, but we're going to encourage and exhort our listeners to see what they can do to take a practical step in having a money conversation. Where should we start? Well, I thought we should start with the obvious and maybe the elephant in the room, which is that for some of us, we're just not having conversations about money and that is our big barrier. So how can we begin to unpick that and to overcome that? Uh, Let me start with the really obvious stuff, Bex. To have a conversation about money, you have to have a conversation and that means having to have somebody else to talk to. Now, sometimes that's easier for a certain group of people those who are married in partnerships, boyfriends, girlfriend, living at home with family, there might be somebody listening right now to this podcast with you and you can look at the eye and say, we're going to do this. It's you and me. For others, actually, it's really hard to work out who that person's going to be. Or there might be those listening thinking there is no way that the first person I'm going to speak to about money is that person who might be the obvious choice. So we're going to hopefully find somebody else. So who, Bex, do we think are the right kind of people to begin to have these money conversations with? So I think throughout this whole season, one of the things that's come up time and time again is that it needs to be someone who we trust. Money can be a deeply personal and emotive conversation, as I'm sure we'll get onto later. And so you need to be able to trust that person with that information. I think as well, there has to be a sense of either mutual respect or actually you are seeking someone out who you respect and who you believe can bring wisdom and insight into your situation. There's no point having a conversation and then turn around and be like, I'm not actually going to do anything that you told me to do because I don't really value your opinion or I don't think you're the right person to bring wisdom into this particular situation. Yeah, I mean, some of the people you hang out with, Bex, the young people at church, they're probably not the best people to seek financial wisdom from. I was going to ask them about my pension. (laughs) I bet you some of them have it nailed. (laughs) I think as I walk into church, there are some godly, wise people I see. Some of them my age, some of them older. And in fact, I think it's a great opportunity to turn to perhaps a generation above where we are just now. 
if that exists for you, those who've been around the block a few times, they know their stuff. They have learned life's lessons. And you could turn to that person and say, look, I'd just love to pick your brains about something. Can I ask your advice? Can I get your opinion? But not to put the burden on. We're not expecting financial geniuses here. What we're after is just the conversation, almost to help us develop our own thinking, to mutually share. So there's a process we have to go through about almost broaching the subject of money. But I think to begin with, look out for somebody who you respect, who you trust, and who you just think might be able to teach you a thing or two about money. I think within the Christian community, we're generally quite willing to share our knowledge and experience. And if we're not, we're generally quite willing to learn from each other. And really practically on that, I think the times when I've sought out someone's wisdom for a particular thing, I've found it really helpful to prepare beforehand to think about some of the questions that I want to ask them, to take notes as they talk so I don't forget the brilliant wisdom that they're imparting, and actually to thank them for their time, whether that's a gift or whether that's buying the coffee, but just to say I really value that you are taking time to invest in me. So that is stumbling block or barrier number one, not having conversations. Simon, what do you think could be a stumbling block to good conversations about money? Well, straight away, there are people listening who are just getting more and more nervous about the idea of actually having a financial conversation. When you talk about money, it makes people worried. It brings to our minds the mistakes we've made the problems we're having right now, our fears about our financial future, the complexity of the financial system, worries around what actually we're supposed to do with our money. What does the Bible say about money? What did our parents tell us about money that we've forgotten? It is quite an emotionally charged subject. One of the things which I have learned over the last couple of decades of being a financial advisor is that most people, and when I say most, the numbers are something like 90% of people, make their decisions about money emotionally, not logically. It is a deeply emotional topic. So let's not ignore that. We're not expecting you to have conversations around money at a logical level. It doesn't happen unless you're someone like me having professional conversations. For most people, it comes with baggage. It comes with fear and anxiety. It comes with hope and anticipation, but it comes with emotion. So let's anticipate that not shy away from it because it, it's normal, but also anticipate, I wonder what emotions such a conversation are going to bring out in me. And sometimes it can be really helpful to almost lean into those emotions and to lead with the heart. We talked in the last episode about having a big kingdom dream. And in that, you want your heart to be engaged and to almost be in the driving seat for that. But I also know there have been several times for me where it's actually really important to take a step back from the emotion and maybe to hit pause on that conversation and to just take some time to think about what do I actually need to do here? What is the logical decision and deliberately engaging the thinking part of my brain rather than just making a decision based purely on emotion? It's a really good point. And you might pick your conversational partner on that basis. You don't go and find the most emotionally charged person that you know. You might try and find somebody who's a bit more stable than you are, who displays a bit more aplomb when it comes to their financial circumstances. 
But what comes to mind then, Bex, is in these conversations, we're going to have to show at least a little bit of vulnerability, aren't we? Absolutely. And again, I think that leads back to the first point about having that person who you can trust and who you can respect, because without that, it's going to be really hard to be vulnerable and actually to let people not into just our finances, but also the fears and anxieties or the hopes and dreams that are all wrapped up in that conversation as well. What do you think, Bex, if the person that you're closest to, and I'm thinking really here around the husband and wife situation, there's a financial tension between the two of you already. They might be the hardest person to have a financial conversation with. Where do we go in that kind of situation? Who do we turn to then? I think that answer could be different for different people. I think sometimes it could be really helpful to talk that through with a leader in your life, someone who you choose to submit to their authority and who can bring wisdom and insight into that, or perhaps somebody who you have an accountable relationship with who you can talk openly and honestly with and know that actually that is a safe place for you to process I also think it's really important that we invite the Lord into that situation and to journey that through with him and to ask for wisdom, to ask for insight, to prepare our own hearts and also to look for opportunities that are God-given and not just kind of a, oh, panic, this is stressing me out, I really need to talk to you about this right now. And so within that, I think we could also spend time thinking about how do we set that person up who we love dearly, who we want the best for well for that conversation. And we talked about that a little bit in episode three. And so it could be really helpful to revisit that as well. So we have this ideal person who might be a wise, mature, trusted Christian friend or family member. But sometimes that person just doesn't exist. The right combination of skills and abilities doesn't come together. And what I'm thinking now is you might be really close to a friend or a family member and you'd be quite comfortable talking to them about money, but they don't come with the same faith perspective. So I'm just thinking here as I'm talking, Bex, which is better? And I don't know the answer here. Somebody who has the same faith background but less knowledge and experience or someone who you trust deeply but doesn't share your faith. What are the risks in those kind of conversations? My immediate answer, and this maybe speaks to the fact I'm eternally optimistic, is to take the best of both worlds. So I'm picturing having some scales and with that person who you really trust, you could be really vulnerable about your finances. You could say, this is where I want to go. Some of that might not make loads of sense to them in terms of if you're making a decision based on faith, but I believe in that relationship, if they want the best for you and they love you, then they will be able to engage with that, even if that's not the belief that they hold. Pick their brains on the insight and the wisdom, but then also having perhaps other people in your life who maybe are not best suited to get into the practicalities of money, or maybe you're actually not so comfortable opening up with them, but to have conversations about faith and actually what do we see in the Bible and what could this look like in 2023 or whenever you're listening to this and then merging those two perspectives together to hopefully give you a beautifully rounded answer because I think also sometimes as Christians we can live so far in the future that we don't always ground ourselves in reality and so sometimes it can actually be really helpful to have an outside perspective to bring in that reality or to make us consider things in a different way rather than just kind of being in an echo chamber. 
And given that a conversation is a two-way discussion, we're not just going to hear people speak to us and we're not just going there to tell them what we think. There should be a give and a take, a to and a fro. And in both of those scenarios you mentioned, Bex, I think there's something that we can add to the conversation. In the conversation with our non-Christian trusted friend or relative, we begin to share how our faith influences our money decisions, our life decisions. It is a witness to them and a challenge to them and an exhortation and encouragement to them. For the Christian friend who might not have the same level of financial expertise, we might actually be the ones who are bringing them some knowledge and some wisdom, helping them grapple with the conversation and decisions around faith and finance. So you're right, not to have one or the other, but perhaps having this balanced scale of people to speak to, but take from each conversation the elements that we need. It does raise the point we don't just take for certain what everybody tells us to do. Sometimes what they think is right, it really isn't. So maybe having conversations over time with more than one person, even digging deeper into the technical details. And that really brings us, I suppose, to the third point. One of the barriers to these conversations is we might not feel competent to talk about finance with anybody at all, might we? Yeah, sometimes you may have identified who you want to speak to. You may have prepared your own heart to deal with the emotions around that. But then you have this awkward moment where you're not sure what you're going to talk about. And I think that can come under a number of headings in terms of where perhaps our understanding isn't clear. I think the first one that I've identified in my life before is actually not fully understanding my own financial situation, not knowing what money I have, where, what I need to spend it on, not having a clear budget to know actually what are the non-negotiables that need to be covered. And really until I've found clarity in that and at least know what I have and what I don't have, it can be quite hard to have a conversation when it's all hypothetical. It is exactly that hypothetical conversation. It's relatively easy to have the chat around, oh, how much do you think we should give to the church or to charity? Well, that's fine until the rubber hits the road and you think, actually, I haven't got any money to give anyway because it all goes on. Actually, I'm not sure where it all goes, but I just know it all goes. Begin the conversation at a level maybe where we are comfortable And that might be simply, well, I know I've got money coming in and here's where it comes from. It's an income or it's self-employment or it's a benefit or it's a pension. And I know I have some places it goes. I have to pay for food and for the bills when they're going up. And But then I get a bit confused. How do I manage my finances better? That's one level of conversation we can have. It's a whole different level of conversation when you start talking about you know what, I'm trying to work out when I should retire, what the tax implications during my pension are, when the state pension kicks in, what happens to the child benefit payments, what about if I'm selling shares that I'm invested in, I've received an inheritance, a different person might be required, not necessarily an expert, but somebody to bounce thoughts and ideas off, because none of us, myself included, know everything about all of the UK financial system, we don't need a genius, We just need a friend to talk to and we can both journey together. That's kind of level one. What was your next level of understanding challenge, Bex? So I think that's kind of the practical aspect, but there's also a question around the spiritual aspect of how much we understand about what God is saying to us through the Bible. And it can be really easy to count ourselves out and to think, 
Oh goodness, there are so many texts about money. It's one of the most discussed topics in the Bible. I can't possibly get to grips with all of this. I don't even know where to start. And so actually I can't have a conversation with someone about what I think God might want me to do with my money because maybe I'll accidentally say something heretical. The accidental heretic, that's uh, that's as it Bex. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right that we only get, I'm going to be dangerous on my territory here, we only get so much teaching about finance from the pulpit, from the front of church. There's plenty that is said through parables, through reading the Bible, where topics of wealth and finance are touched upon. But I think many churches don't dwell on the topic of money because for the same emotional reasons, it's a bit tense when you're telling your congregation what God says about money. It's actually quite challenging what God says to us about money. I think many churches just don't pay enough attention to it. And so sometimes it's we as congregational members who need to take the bull by the horns, metaphorically, and start having the conversation. It might be one-on-one. It might even be that through a Bible study or a small group or a relationship group that you could suggest, hey, why don't we spend a few weeks talking about money and finance and, and what the Bible says? There are some great resources out there that take you on a four or five week journey of understanding biblical principles when it comes to money. And of course, you could go as deep as you like. But only by starting to investigate, to find out what the Bible says, will we ever journey on this, like you said, really big topic that Jesus spoke about a huge amount. I have a friend who talks about how Sunday morning teaching is done in rows. But when we meet in community midweek and we meet in circles that's actually when we develop ourselves and really when that rubber hits the road and we find out how that applies to our lives and what he means by that is that on Sunday mornings our teaching is often pitched at a level that is accessible to everyone is applicable to everyone's situation wherever you are in your stage of life But actually, when we get into smaller groups, when we get into community, that's where we can really wrestle with things. We can ask how that looks for our lives. We can challenge other people about what that looks like. And so it's so important to have both those sets of teaching, isn't it? What does the Bible actually say about this topic? And then really wrestling it out to, and that means as a result of that teaching, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. What that leads to, I think, Bex, is the next big stumbling block when it comes to conversations around money. It's almost not knowing what we're trying to get out of the conversation, or I think sometimes we're afraid of what we might conclude if we have this kind of conversation. If I talk to somebody about money, am I going to suddenly find out that, you know what, God thinks I should be giving a whole lot more than I do, or I'm making an even bigger mess of my money than I think I already am? you know what, I will just not have that conversation. But if we want to overcome that kind of thinking, Bex, how do we approach conversations when we're not really sure what we're trying to get out of them? Sometimes I think it's okay to come with that humility and say, I'm not sure where the end point of this conversation is, but I am eager to take steps forward on my journey with money. I'm eager to get closer to what I think the Lord teaches in the Bible 
And would you help me take those first steps? And we'll find out together where that goes. I think other times it's a bit like what we're talking about in the episode about how the future perspective can change our view on money. And it's actually casting our eyes and saying, what would it look like for the kingdom of God to come on earth right where I live or where I think God has called me to or has given me a heart for? And what practical steps can I take to make that a bit more realistic? And I think the challenge for that is to not look at our money purely through a human lens. And so, Simon, how do we grapple with that? How do we look after our money in human terms, but not hold on to it so tightly that it stops us having kingdom dreams? The thought that comes to mind is what will happen in the moment when the Lord does return? We stand before the judgment seat. What kind of questions is he going to ask us? I think there are three pretty scary questions that God's going to pose to us in that moment. Despite the fact that as Christians, we have the assurance of salvation through Jesus. That is question number one. Effectively, you know, did you believe and follow and live your lives trying to emulate my son? Yes, did that. Nailed it. I'm in. Fantastic. Question number two. Oh dear, there are more questions. Did you look after those I gave you to look after? Who are the people that are around us, whether it's family or friends, community, the poor and the needy? Did you look after those I asked you to look after? We're not on earth to look after ourselves primarily. God calls us to care for others. And number three, what did you do with what I gave you? Have you been a good steward of all the resources I gave you? Your time, your health, your skills, your wisdom, your money. And if Jesus came back, the moment this podcast's finished, are we going to say, I made some good money choices within that much wider context? I'm sure most of us would be terrified and think, no, I got a few things right, but I've made some terrible money choices. So part of my personal journey, Bex, is to try and steadily make improvements to those decisions, improvements on my financial choices and I suppose to help others do the same which is why money conversations matter to me. I have a friend who has planted a church and he sums it up really succinctly that tension of following those kingdom dreams by saying we don't want to grow old and think what if we never we want to grow old and think what if we never did and I found that such a helpful phrase to just sit in that tension and think goodness, am I holding back because I'm scared? Or actually, do I want to look back on my life one day and think, imagine if I'd never taken those steps of faith. Imagine if I'd never taken those risks. Look at what wouldn't have happened without doing that. So when we enter those conversations around money, it comes with a passion that says, I want to be more like Jesus. And here's an area where I think I can improve. And there are loads of areas. And we can have conversations about all kinds of things. It's just that this is a money podcast. So it's about finding the person, starting the conversation, recognizing the emotion, recognizing we're not all experts and don't need to be. We want to improve. Thinking about either questions that you have, you could take to somebody, or even just thinking, I don't know where I want this conversation to go, but I think it's a wise thing to do. And then 
I suppose it's just not a one-off exercise, is it, Bex? We don't have a conversation, job done, tick in the box, move on. If only it was that easy. Do you know, isn't that so often the thing in life? We do something once and we think, oh, did a great job, smash that. But we never actually revisit it. And so, A, we don't necessarily improve at it. We don't get better. But also it's really easy to then not land those things into action because we haven't revisited it or we don't have someone checking in and saying, hey, you said you were going to try and do that thing for three months. How did that go? And so, Simon, how do we build in that sense of continually revisiting and checking into conversations into our daily rhythm? Not Maybe not daily, that's a bit intense. Into our regular rhythm. It is a really hard discipline, Bex. I have found this in my own life. Finding that somebody or those people with whom we can have regular, if not daily or weekly, but regular conversations, people whom we're giving permission to ask us the tough questions. How is your relationship with God? How are your relationships with people around you? How is your relationship with money? And there are other questions you can ask as well. Maybe you find somebody who can just ask you one of those questions from time to time, or maybe you can be the person who's gonna ask the question. It is so difficult to initiate this kind of accountability conversation. But if we, you and I, our listeners, could take that first step and think, I'm going to try and find somebody. I'm going to ask them, is it once a month for half an hour? Is it a cup of coffee every couple of months? Can we sit down together? And yes, we'll have a lovely chat. But in that chat, we're going to ask ourselves a couple of questions. We're going to dig a bit deeper into this topic. Would you be my money accountability partner for a terrible phrase to use? I care about this because I think God cares about it. Would you help me? If someone approached me and asked that kind of question, I would be delighted to help them and help me. But sometimes we have to take the first step and not wait to be asked. And living in a culture that values busyness and that sees how busy you are as a sign of how successful you are. I think it's so easy to not make time for those conversations or to be wrapped up in lots of great things often. But maybe making time for some of these conversations, whether they're about money or a whole range of topics in our lives, could be the key to unlocking a deeper relationship with God, a deeper understanding of who he is and of what he's calling us to do and to actually then shape our futures or to help us see some of those dreams come to fruition as we begin to take those small but really important faithful steps towards what he's called us to do. So wise, Bex. It's been fantastic having these conversations about money with you. I hope our listeners have got a little something out of it, maybe the occasional tidbit of knowledge and wisdom. But this brings us towards the end of our specific series on conversations around money. What happens next, Bex? Are we coming back? Well, spoiler alert. Uh, Yes, we are. We are going to be back with some bonus episodes. And this is an opportunity to hear some slightly differently formatted episodes to our usual chats. And so you will definitely want to tune in for them. We will then be coming back with season five in the very near future. And if you have suggestions about what you would love to hear us talk about, then we want to hear them. And you can do that by emailing where your treasure is at freerangepodcasting.co.uk 
or sending us a message on Instagram at where your treasure is podcast. And you never know, maybe you will have the idea that shapes the whole next season. We won't know unless you tell us. It's been great having you with us for this season. So that's thanks from me, Simon Glazier, and... Thanks from me, Bex Elder. See you then. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by Free Range Podcasting. Let us take you where you and your podcast want to go. Thank you.